VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. This is a HeadGum Podcast. This is Emily, Henley, and Sammy, and you're listening to Too Scary Didn't Watch. Hi everyone, welcome to Too Scary Didn't Watch, the horror movie recap podcast for those too scared to watch for themselves. I'm Emily and I am too scared to watch scary movies. I'm Henley and I'm also too scared to watch scary movies. Well, we find ourselves in a bit of a pickle, Hen. Oh! Because it's just you and me, baby. Um, good thing we have a plan. We, we have, have a plan. plan. And it's a we great have plan. A plan. I think a it's a great plan. plan. I love this plan. Uh, Sammy is in freaking Europe right now. Excuse her. Mm-hmm. Having a great time. Um, Re- really tempting fate by going to, you know, rural Netherlands area after listening to multiple horror movies for only bad things seem to happen, I think, when you do that. So You're both really, you're really doing a lot to get <laughs> yourselves haunted or hunted. Hunted. Both. Haunted or hunted. Wow. Haunted or hunted. Those are the two options, actually. Um, But I'm still the same, so maybe I'll, but maybe that means I'm the most likely victim, you know, because I'll, I'll be calm. Right, right. Your day-to-day is unchanged I'm until it's not. Mm-hmm. I'm unsuspecting. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, fingers crossed for us all. Um, but other than that, other than the fact that we're maybe all on the precipice of doom, did anything scary happen to you this weekend? <laughs> okay, so <laughs> <laughs> I live at a church now, and mm-hmm. that is so unexpected. It's a pretty um, scary place to live. It's, it's. I'm going to be talking about it endlessly. I'm sorry. I've already talked about it like multiple times, but I just I can't get wanted enough. to mention something that happened to me this week, which was that um, I was almost recruited to join the handbell choir, and <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, it, the delayed response in my brain of like handbell choir, like I all I heard was choir at first, and I was like, she said. Handbell choir and handbell choir, hand and I'm sorry, you say almost choir. as if to mean that you said no. Why would you say no to that? So Silas and I are taking our our daily walk through the sanctuary of the church. Oh my god! And um, we are, you know, we meet someone who is leads the handbell choir, and um, I gotta say, it sounds like membership is slim. And hard to come by with that group. Interesting, interesting. And really, the key to a good handbell choir is a lot of handbells. If <laughs> <laughs> you just have a few, it's it's not really working. <laughs> um, yeah. So not a lot of people are signing up, unfortunately. Damn. Despite this woman's best efforts, I mean, she was giving a hard sell, a hard sell. I was giving a lot. I was throwing a lot of reasons why it wasn't going to work my way. Mostly, I can't carry a tune. I can't read music. I have no interest in the handbells. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Also, I'm very I'm, pregnant. I very have pregnant. a toddler. <laughs> yes, all of the above. None of that was really flying. Um, she, was sa- she, said, <laughs> she said, if you could just come to one rehearsal 
and just express your interest in handbells. I but really you don't think- have an interest in handbells. <laughs> <laughs> I really think that it could sway the group to stay. More people to oh, stay. Oh, they're like leaving. People are leaving the handbell choir. Yeah, I think that it's been hard. Re- retention is difficult in this wow. group. Wow. And have um, you seen them perform? Are they any good? They perform twice a year. They perform at Christmas and they twice perform at Easter. Twice a year, this is the stakes? Because <laughs> I was, was going to say, yeah, all I can think of, the only handbell song I know is the Carol of the Bells. Right, of course. A beautiful song. I a mean, I song. would love to be able to play Carol of the Bells. Gorgeous well, song. Well, you would just be one bell. I know. I'd just go, be going, dong. Bong. Every now and again, or or Bung. I don't. They might be. They might be very might advanced. Two bells. They might be holding multiple bells and doing that kind of like multiple. I think they bell. probably are, especially if, if numbers are low. Mm-hmm. You got a bell per hand at <laughs> minimum. Um. Anyway, so that happened. I think I. I think I politely dodged that. Um, okay. Okay. I would be terrible. No one wants me playing the bells. No one wants I me do. up there. Nobody wants that. So uh, I really do. It's, it's everyone. Really everyone dodged a bullet there. Um, the second thing I just want to mention is I am trying to read a book right now, um, which is everywhere. You've probably seen it on in your local bookstore, The Covenant of Water. Um, I haven't seen it. It's it's all it's all over the place. You see okay. lots of people reading it all the time. Okay, but it you're is, trying to read it. I'm trying to read it, and the reason I say trying is because it is a hardcover book. I, my mm. mom left it here. I would never buy a hardcover book. <laughs> they're no, so expensive. Book is. They're expensive and they're just too heavy to read. So that's there's a book my, I really want to read right now, and it's only in hardcover. And I'm like, well, I have to wait. Okay, this is my issue. I yep. every night I pick up this book and I don't have the arm strength to read it. <laughs> I literally don't. Can you rest it on your belly? You have a little table built in. It doesn't work. Like it's Damn. not working. Like I'm trying to rest in bed. First of all, I have a hundred pillows surrounding me. I'm on a pillow sure. island supporting everything that needs to be supported then i have this goddamn book and i'm exhausted after one Mm. page and i have to go to bed because literally my arms can't support it the effort the physical strength required is too much so i'm not going to be able to read this book i mean i should just get it on kindle but oh yeah (laughs) that's really what (laughs) i I should do yeah but I liked the idea of reading a, a hardcover book. I felt like I was in 1995 or something. And Yeah, when we all read hardcover books. <laughs> <laughs> then they're everywhere. <laughs> um, I, I think the only, honest to goodness, I, no, I've re- I have read a couple hardcover books out of necessity, but but I always read the Harry Potter books hardcover. Yes, I was thinking about that. and I was Those thinking, are the only ones that I ever how like, did really I did hardcover. That? How did you I were handle young. that as a child? <laughs> you were young and strong. It's like how children can do the monkey bars so easily. Oh my god, monkey bars are so fucking hard. I I tried to do monkey bars recently and was uh, I Humbled. kept thinking I was Humbled like surely and I was like surely I'm remembering it wrong. Like surely there's a different way to do them that I'm not thinking of because these are easy and kids can do them and I used to be able to do them and like I I it broke my brain that all, it really is just like you hang and you swing. And I was like, no, 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 no. There's got to be another trick to it. Because I I couldn't even begin to make my body do any of it. Isn't it amazing? Kids are really strong. It's kind of scary when you think about it. And I guess they also are really light. Yeah, but they're still carrying their but it's full still body their, oh, Yeah, and their arms are small. 
Mm-hmm. I don't understand. I, 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 the monkey bars like truly, truly ha- sent my brain spinning recently because I was like, I don't, I don't get it. What the fuck is happening with these monkey bars? I don't know. I mean, I think that our our muscles at the top of our arms have just atrophied out of lack of use, and they're not built for monkey monkey bars. God damn. Ugh. Okay. Enough about me. <laughs> Emily I mean I could literally hear about what it's like living at a church and I love that it's you do live at a church not in a church and that's an important distinction and it is very funny to me right right that it's next door the church is next door um yeah you just live you just live at a church mm-hmm mm-hmm and it's great and I'm gonna have so many stories and I can't wait Thank to share God. them all with you Thank um God. but tell me tell me about you did anything scary happen to you this week Okay, I'm going to talk to you about something, and I'm going to need to, uh, we're going to have part of the conversation now and the other part of the conversation in a few minutes. Okay. <laughs> and because I need to talk to you about a new obsession that I have cultivated in this past week, mm-hmm. and it's it's you are to be thanked, you are <gasps> to be thanked for this <gasps> obsession, Henley. Guess what? We started watching this week. We started watching The Big Brunch and... Oh, uh, good. Henley, it's so good. <laughs> it's so good. I, I honestly find it upsetting because what I was looking for was a Top mm-hmm. Chef substitute. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What mm-hmm. I found was <laughs> profoundly moving, um, deeply emotional. It's like... It's more comparable to the... Uh, Great British Bake Off, but it is honestly more moving than that. It like has more heart. I am more invested in these people. I, I like almost want to cry every oh episode God. because I love them and because they love each other. And I'm a little bit upset at that because that's not what I thought I was signing up for. And it's hosted by Dan Levy, who isn't isn't my guy you know so I didn't think that I was gonna like really fall for it but oh my god it's so fucking good it's so good I love it I love it I love it I'm in love with it it's perfect but that's not even the obsession I want to talk to you about what the obsession I want to talk to you about is one of the hosts how have you watched all of the big brunch hand or just I haven't watched it? all of it I haven't watched all of it okay hey, you watched some of it okay, I've so watched some know. of it yeah. Both of the hosts are amazing. Mm-hmm. Zola um is so fucking cool and mm-hmm. intimidating and like I want to know her. I want to know. She's her. like but the Simon Cowell of the group. She does not hold back. She's she like hold back. But that but but like she is she doesn't hold back but it's like it's not mean-spirited. No, no, of course not. It's coming from a real place of wanting the, them to grow. Exactly. But again, once again, I, I'm not even going to talk to you about Zola. I'm going to talk to you about Will Gidara. Who is the other host, um, judge, I should say, of mm-hmm. the Big Brunch. And mm-hmm. I was interested. I was like, who's this guy? What's this guy's deal? Was kinda, I was like, He's, I, he seems really cool and fun and nice. And like, what's his deal? I like his energy. Looked him up. Found out he is married to Christina Tosi, founder what? of Milk Bar. Oh. So, holy shit, huge, big New York power couple. Wow. I didn't know that. Not only this. <laughs> Will Gidara is the founder and of um, Eleven Madison Park, which was like is like yes. one of the best restaurants in the world. Not only this, a thing I didn't know about this restaurant. Okay, have you seen season two of The Bear? 
No. No, I haven't watched it yet. Okay. Okay. Just there's they go to a really great restaurant and one episode of season two of the bear. Anyone who's seen it will know what I'm talking about. And the the like um uh mentality of this restaurant is like we will go above and beyond to give people the best night of their lives while they're here. And it's like it's like they, they will like do research on all their diners and like make sure when they're there they like give them the best possible experience like tailored to them. It's just like the menu. It's like the menu, but good. <laughs> um, and that is ba- Will Gidara is the founder of that idea. So like he's basically known for being like the most attentive, kind superhuman on fucking earth. Wow. And he's married to Christina Tosi. And they seem hot and cool. Yeah. And I yeah. Joel found an episode of a podcast where the two of them were interviewed by a friend, like, about relationships. Oh, what and a I dream. And I listened to it. And I am obsessed, and I'm obsessed with them. And Joel says he really thinks that we would all be friends, and I agree. And so, I, you know, they would be <laughs> the most intimidatingly rich people I could imagine spending time with. Um, but, oh, my God, I'm in – I'm, like, they've they've sort of – and I hate to say – I mean – I was gonna. I was gonna say they've like sort of. They're the new Voltaggio brothers in my head, which is oh. not to say that the Voltaggio brothers are out. They're still in, of course, of course. But they'll this is my out. new like. They'll never be out. But this, I'm like, I love them just as much. I love Christina and Will just as much. And maybe, well, in a different way. I love them in a different way. It's just I can't. I love them so much. And I, I want to listen to that podcast. Them. What's I'll that podcast? Yeah, it's great. I'll send it to you. I just love listening to couples chat about their relationship at a full stop. So yeah. no matter what. I know. I'd be interested. I know. And they seem to like really love each other and have like a, just a, a nice, cool vibe. And like, they I'm, live in New York currently. They live in New York. Okay. They're fucking rich in New York. You know Can what you I guys mean? Just God like, damn it. think a little bit more about, about moving, moving to, to New, New York. York. Yeah. And maybe I, you guys yeah. are the next power couple of New York. And oh that, maybe God. that's really where you need to be <laughs> putting your brains. This is. Every night. This is an interesting thought. Every night manifesting New York power couple. <laughs> New York power couple. <sighs> Me and Joel. And, you know, speaking of power couples, let's talk about this week's movie. It has nothing to do with power couples, but I couldn't think of another segue. Um, well, it's yeah, it doesn't have nothing to do with power couples. Okay. Mm-hmm. Henley, we, I haven't even told you what movie we're doing No, it's week. a full surprise for me. Full surprise for you. And the movie is... Dead Calm. You ever heard of it? No. You ever heard of this movie, Hen? No. No, I do have to I do have to put out an apology to our dear friend Sammy who's not here. This is a vessel movie. Oh shit. And I, I toyed with if we should do it when she's not here, but I think it it'll be a gift to give her a vessel movie to listen to. Yes, on her travels. Um, exactly. So we're doing it we are doing it for Sammy. Um we're also doing it because it's a ninety minute movie and we're also doing it because I had to watch it. And so these are all things that have added up to why this movie was chosen. Um the movie is Dead Calm. It was released on April seventh, nineteen eighty nine. It is directed by Philip Noyce, screenplay by Terry Hayes, based on novel Dead Calm by Charles Williams. Starring, Hanley, get ready, Sam Neill, <gasps> Nicole Kidman, and Billy Zane. Billy Zane? Billy Zane! And it's available to rent for two ninety nine, 
a steal, a steal for this movie. And I couldn't do it alone. I simply couldn't, wouldn't do it alone. And joining us for this movie all the way from the other room of our shared home, original horror spondent of the podcast in my heart, Joel Jensen. Woo, 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 woo. Ahoy. <laughs> Ahoy! 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 Ahoy, Ahoy, Joel. Ahoy, uh, Emily. Ahoy, Henley. And ahoy, Sammy. This one's for you. Sammy, this one's for you. (laughs) Wherever you are. I'm so happy that you're back. I feel like it's been too long, and let's never let it go this long ever again. Ever, ever again. Thank you. It's good to be here. Anyone that's new to the pod and maybe hasn't listened to all of the back catalog yet... You really need to you really need to find Joel's episodes first. Wow. So you really need to go search out Saw, search out The Witch, Train to Busan. I was trying to think, are there other ones? What other ones? There are other um, ones. Uh, we did um, Drag Me to Hell. Yep. Drag Me to Hell. That might be the only other one. Really? Only four? That doesn't feel Oh, right. and we watched, um, you recapped... Uh, Twilight, Twilight, Twilight. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Oh, that's right. That was good. <laughs> that was good. That was good. Um, yes, yes. But I know, um, I know absolutely nothing about this movie except for the still that Emily has pulled up behind her, and it's of a young Nicole Kidman. I thought it was Sigourney Weaver at first. Yeah, real Sigourney Weaver vibes. Joel and I mentioned that, and we were watching. And Amy Adams. Another thing we... Oh yeah, and Amy Adams. Yes. yes. Yeah. Okay. So. So we're going to get into this, but oh wait, sorry, first, Joel, has anything scary happened to you this week? Um, I think that the thing that is scaring me the most these days is um, how much nose hair I have and how much ear hair I have. <laughs> oh, Tim is going through the same thing right I now. I think that men in mm-hmm. our age bracket- Let's talk about men. I think Let's we do, do need it. to talk about men, and I do think we need to talk about the fact <laughs> that we do not have a shared vocabulary amongst men- for unwanted hair gain. Um, yeah. Yes. Unwanted hair gain. Unwanted hair gain. Is it happening in your eyebrows at all? Because Tim has some crazy long eyebrow hairs <laughs> yes. as well. I have I have like just... You have one long eyebrow hair. Well, it's happened more than once where I found an eyebrow hair that was as long as my head hair. It was like... Yeah. You're like, when did this grow? A ponytail coming from? out of my face. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know, like, it's like, how does this happen? Why did it happen? If my hair can grow this fast there at random, why doesn't it just always grow that fast on my head? Everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's unfair. That's a cruel reality of nature. My nose hair <laughs> it, it literally keeps me up at night. Sometimes if I'm <laughs> if I'm trying to go to sleep, I can feel hair in my nose and it makes me not able to sleep. <laughs> and oh, no. I have to shave my ears. I mm-hmm. shave my nose, but I also try to pluck them out with tweezers and it really Ow, hurts. Joel. Ow, <laughs> and I'll like do that. I'll like yelp when it happens and like, it's like weirdly tears will satisfying come out of my eyes. though. Yeah, I bet it's satisfying. But there's no stopping it. They just keep coming <laughs> they keep and like coming. What is you can't, it about like, wax your nose like the inside of your nose? That's my question. Is it... so, I think some people do. I think people do wax the inside of think... their nose, but I don't. I don't no. think you should. I put this to the unwanted hair growth community out there. Mm-hmm. Like the question is, what do you guys do, and mm-hmm. and how do you stay sane? How do you stay in love with yourself while <laughs> oh, like tentacles no. are coming out of your fucking nose? Tentacles. I... 
I like because <laughs> you have to really be aware of it because if you're out in public with nose with hair shooting out of your nose, it, it's 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 tough, and <laughs> so you're always thinking about it. I'm thinking about it all the time. Um, my my dad just did it his entire life. I remember growing up and being like, "Dad, can I like pluck your ear hairs?" And him being like, "No, absolutely not, <laughs> absolutely not." Just like letting them roam free, just pure denial, probably that it's happening. But just nose hairs, ears hairs up the wazoo, the longest things you've ever seen. <laughs> not doing any maintenance, no maintenance, no maintenance. It's <laughs> like. <laughs> It's just it's really like Dr. hard. And Seuss like, character. you know, Emily spends a lot of time wondering why men are so crazy. Um, and I think <laughs> it's no it's this well, it's not the reason, but it's a contributing <laughs> factor that like you lose the hair where you want it and you gain hair where you don't want it. <laughs> that makes you go crazy over time. Mm-hmm, sure. 30 years, mm-hmm. 40 years, 50 years of that fight. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. Anyway, it's, it's terrible. Oh, Joel, I'm so sorry that you're going through that. Thank you. I appreciate that. Um, I've even accidentally cut my ears shaving the hair off of them before. And, and then they bleed a lot. And then you're then you remember Emily and I, we went to dinner one time after I cut my ear shaving it. And I had to hold yeah. a napkin on my ear for all the dinner. <laughs> there must be a solution. There must be. There must be. Well, nose hair kings, let me know. Let me know the if, score. If not, there's clearly there's clear clearly a corner of the market or mark part of the market that hasn't been cornered. What's that? <laughs> part of the market that hasn't been cornered. I, th- I think that that's what you say. That's what right? that's yeah. There's um there's an a market opening in the there. market. An opening untapped the market? market. Untapped market to corner. Um, <laughs> An untapped corner of the market. Yeah, okay. <laughs> there it is. That's what it is. Untapped corner of but the market. But that even opens up a whole other discussion which also frightens me, which is like the advent of these like um like nail salons for men but that are called like Hammer and Ash or whatever that's like macho uh like uh manicures. Places called Hammer and Nail. It's hammer not called nail. Hammer and Ash. <laughs> Wait, it's <laughs> a crazy name. <laughs> but like why nail, can't men just go to a fucking hammer and ash <laughs> but why can't men just go to a salon and and like be treated right and and instead I of know. having like put this like veneer of like but i uh, like am having my steel toe boots on while i do it right shut right. up just fucking yeah. go i feel like in new york yeah. i see men in nail salons all the time like pretty Good. often i'm seeing men get pedicures in new york they should be they should be they should be. All I'm embarrassed walking, of my toenails. You gotta so. tend to those feet. Yeah. Yeah. Joel and Sammy won't go get pedicures, no. but they should. I know Sammy. Sammy wouldn't want us talking about her toes on the podcast. <laughs> I know that's. I, I'm sorry, Sammy. Sammy, I'd like to. Just, I'd like to see you stop us from talking about your toes right now. <laughs> oh, hey, Sammy. Uh, apologies. Um. Okay. Well, Joel, this movie was your idea. Yep. Um. Tell us. Tell us why. Um, this movie is, uh, it's a great movie. Um, I actually bought it on Blu-ray because one night I got drunk and it was like 1am and I just decided to start hunting for um, Sam Neill movies on Blu-ray. And great. I found this as well as another movie I do want to watch with uh, with you guys sometime. Um, but I just bought it because it was like five bucks or something. Um, and it's, it's really good. It's like uh, very well reviewed. Um, I, I quite like it. Um, it's like a nice 
tight thriller, basically. Um, yeah. I would, I would, I would call it more of a thriller than than horror. Yeah, great. It is rated R. I love a thriller. Yeah, love it's a, a good time, and it's like it's it's like um, got some <clears throat> shades of Event Horizon to it. It's got some mm. shades of like speed, um, but it's like it's all about the set pieces. It's like um, about you know being in the middle of nowhere on the ocean on a boat with a psychopath and like what are you gonna do um oh shit so it's like a really small scale just three of them really for most of it and um you know trying to figure out how to you know get out of this alive and I i love that kind of movie that's really smart that's a smart idea also i feel like thrillers in the 80s 90s had more bite to them maybe than they do recently there's something about right. that time period that's it's a more real quality. gritty yeah. yeah i think the world was less scary so we went all in on thrillers yeah that's a do good you know point. what i mean point, yeah. like um <laughs> we were having fun with a thriller because it was like well obviously you know it's only up from here yeah people and, were like i could use a thrill today <laughs> yeah mm-hmm. let's see the economy's yeah. booming the economy is booming. I can, aff- I've I can got afford. A, I've a got a cell phone house. in my car, um, uh, and uh, my future is secured. Let's have a little thrill. Mm-hmm. Um, Get a little erotic okay, well, in there. There's a it's like always a, yes. a little erotic. There's a bit of an erotic streak in this movie, um, in a, in in interesting ways. Um, other, not just Billy Zane being red hot in this in this movie, but Billy red hot. Zane. This was his breakout role. This was his breakout role. He's so fantastic. He's we did a deep. We Joel and I did a little bit of a deep dive this morning about like what is Billy Zane up to, and I, you know what? He's doing great. Is he? He's doing great. I That's think. Good to hear. I don't think he like works a ton. I think he works a lot, but he's not like a you know he's no longer like a big star of the screen. Um, but he's got two daughters. He's a he seems like a real girl dad. He looks great. He seems happy. It was an, an immediate Instagram follow for me. Um, yeah, I, 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 I officially, well. I officially declare myself a zaniac. Zaniac. <laughs> <laughs> me too. Me too. Oh, we're all zaniacs. Um, okay, but let's let's get into some trivia about this movie. Yeah, it has an eighty three percent on Rotten Tomatoes, a seventy on Metacritic, and a six point eight on IMDb. Pretty solid. Pretty good. Pretty good. It had a budget of 10. And I believe this, both of these are in Australian currency. Because this is an Australian movie, by the way. Nicole and Sam, both with their regular old accents. (gasps) Oh my gosh. Um, Sam Sam is from New Zealand. Yeah. uh, And George Miller produced it uh, of Mad Max. And the the, uh, cinematographer for this movie is the Mad Max cinematographer. Which Whoa, I think these shit. guys love filming uh, vessels vehicles. and vehicles. Yeah, vessels yeah. and vehicles—they love it. Is this Nicole um, Kidman's like one of her first films? It was an early, not her very first, but early. Yeah. Um, and so the budget in Australian currency is ten million. Box office ten point two million. So Ooh, just squeaked over just the edge, squeaking by. Um, and yes, so Nicole Kidman. Obviously stunning. Obviously a gorgeous, gorgeous woman. Always has been. But I, Joel and I, one of the first things we said when we started watching this movie is how much she looked like a regular woman. Mm. She just looked like a woman in the world. A beautiful one. Mm-hmm. 
but a regular woman. And I couldn't believe it. She's got this like frizzy, curly hair. Mm-hmm. No makeup on the whole movie. It's just like a lady. The hair is the most shocking part. And the hair. It makes you realize you've never seen her real hair ever. Never, ever. Except maybe the in only this movie. Time- this is the only yeah. time I think that we ever saw her real hair. Two years after this movie, she goes on to meet, date, and marry Tom Cruise. So we, I think she stops being a normal lady pretty quick after this movie. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but for this one brief moment, we get to see it. And guess what else? She was 19 years <gasps> old in this movie. Whoa. She was only 21 when she met Tom Cruise. I believe so. That's wow. so young. She might have been 19 when they were when filming began and like 20 when the movie came out. But yeah, I mean fucking crazy and her so some trivia, she plays a young mother with a the kid is like you're going to hate this part Henley, I'm really sorry. Um it's but fine. you know, yeah, it's you fine. get it. But uh the kid is what? Like 2 or 3, like not a baby baby. Um oh, and no. she's <laughs> years old and her but husband they're not in the playing movie? her like she's 19 that's no I they're think, playing her like yeah. she's an adult and in like in this picture i have some background she looks like a baby but there are also times she's like one of those women who sort of always looks like a woman you know yes yes she just has um, the woman, womanly look about she's her she's got a womanly vibe but um her husband in the movie sam neil 39 years old 39 years old to her 19 and he in a, apparently in an interview uh, in 2021 <laughs> on Mark Maron's podcast Sam Neill expressed discomfort over the fact that he was that much older than her in this movie um, which is like mm, yeah yeah. <laughs> I yeah. think I think you probably should have expressed that immediately but sure let's we can wait uh, 23 years to talk about how that was perhaps uncomfortable but it, it doesn't feel it doesn't feel weird in the movie. I should I should say she she reads older. Samuel reads hot. You know what are you gonna do? Okay, great. Um, but yeah, really crazy that this movie. So 1989. This is before uh, Eyes Wide Shut. This is before uh, Titanic. This is before Jurassic Park. We are seeing all these actors who are going to be in like the biggest. I mean, I guess Eyes Wide Shut isn't like the big, but you know what I mean. Like she's fucking Nicole Kidman, and we're seeing them all in this moment before these massive things happen in their careers. It's really that's a very interesting moment in time. What would you say um, Nicole Kidman's like biggest role is? It's a great question. She's one of those people who it's like there isn't one because it's all of them. Yeah, and she's yeah. just been in so many things that it all kind of like blends together. Moulin I mean, Rouge. Moulin Rouge. <laughs> that's what I was thinking, but is that it? <laughs> No, that can't be it. But that I mean, that's certainly in my mind. That's like what it her. Is. Yeah. Her peak performance era. I don't know. I don't eyes know. Eyes wide shut. It really could be eyes wide shut. I mean, that a was a big one. She's in it with Tom Cruise and it's like Just, almost it's close to the end of the line for them. I was looking, of true. course, I was looking through timelines of their relationship um, last night. Okay, but I have a little more. I have a little more trivia. Um, one is that before filming began, Nicole Kidman took lessons from the owner of the Storm Vogel, which is the name of the boat in the movie, um, on how to operate the ship. And during the storm sequences near the end of the film, she is actually piloting the yacht. Wow, just cool. just like does her own stunts, just like her first husband. <laughs> oh my god, she and Tom connected on that. Wow, 
Mm-hmm. That's what brought them together, this mm-hmm. movie. Uh, Sam Neill met his wife on this movie. They are now divorced, but they were married for a while. Mm. Um, she, I did look it up. She's a lot more age appropriate. Great. And she's a, her name is Noriko Watanabe, and she is a fucking badass hair and makeup artist. And wow. she's been Nicole Kidman's makeup artist on many, many, many films. Cool. Okay. Great. Yeah. <clears throat> so, pretty cool. Um, okay. <clears throat> oh, this movie was, um, so it's based on a novel, and Orson Welles filmed a version um, of of this movie um, based on the novel that never came out because one of his lead actors died before they could finish filming, and it never Damn. got released. But Orson Welles attempted a version of this. And here's some crazy shit. Okay, so the source novel, which is uh, called Dead Calm by Charles Williams, was partially inspired by a real-life set of murders of a family on board a sailing boat off the coast of Florida in 1961. The case involved a World War II vet named Julian Harvey, who was hired by the Duperalt family to skipper a boat ride from Fort Lauderdale to the Bahamas. Um, Harvey's wife was also on board the boat and this whole family. On their return trip from the Bahamas, Harvey murdered his wife and four members of the family, the father, mother, 14-year-old son, and 7-year-old daughter. Jesus. They also had an 11-year-old daughter who was below deck that he forgot Forgot about about or just, like, didn't get to. Um, She had been asleep. And he ended up... She slept through him, killing her whole family. Um, And so rather than then killing her, he scuttled the boat so it would sink. I don't know what that means, but he did something so that the boat would sink. He scuttled it. Yeah, he just <laughs> poke holes in it, I guess. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, because he was like, all right, well, she'll just drown. That's fine. Uh, and he abandoned her and took a dinghy back to land. She survived, this girl, 11 years old. Oh, my she God. She was able to survive in the Atlantic Ocean for four days without food or water before being rescued. Meanwhile, Harvey was rescued by the Coast Guard, and upon returning to Florida, get told a whole story about how the boat was went through a storm, sank, everyone died. He was the only one who survived. Then, when he found out that the daughter was alive and safe, he checked into a Miami motel and committed suicide. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. So. I thought he was going to try to claim she did it. <laughs> Oh, that's funny. <laughs> um, um, yeah. So holy really shit. insane. I hope that's that... not what happens in this movie, like literally at all, but very crazy story. That's a crazy story. I hope that 11 year old girl didn't have too traumatizing of a life ahead of I her. I bet she did. I bet she did. Yeah. Her whole family was murdered and then she lived in While the ocean sleeping, for four days. Sleeping the- is so stressful as is. Imagine if you associate sleeping with your entire family being murdered. You'd never sleep again. And then living in the ocean for four days in the middle of the ocean. Yeah. No, yeah. It's um, it's one of the worst things that could happen. Yeah. yeah. Yikes. That's intense. Yikes. Absolutely yikes. Um, But again, that's not what happens in this movie. Okay. And I think that we should find out what happens in this movie. I think we should. Um, full disclosure, I've not watched this trailer. It might give everything away. I really don't know. But I think that we should watch it because you got to see what freaking Nicole Kidman looks like in this movie. And you got to see young Billy Zane. You just okay. We simply got to do it. Yeah, I want to know. 
on a sea of endless calm. It was easy to imagine they were the only two people on Earth. But into their perfect world, there came a stranger. Stand up! Tried to take her across the Pacific. On your own? No. There were six of us. Yeah, this died ten days ago. I'm going on board her. Can't do that. He's fast asleep. He won't even know. God, you're pretty. What about those people, huh? There wasn't any food poisoning, was there? Go away! You think I'm making this up? No, I don't. You sound so much like them, Ray! It's scary! <laughs> Dead Calm, a voyage into fear. From the makers of The Road Warrior and Mad Max. Oh my god, I'm excited. I want to watch it though, just because I want to hear that that delicious Australian accent it's from delicious. Nicole Kidman. <laughs> it's absolutely delicious. And okay, I think I mentioned this to you personally and privately, Henley, which is that... Um, I had had two martinis before watching this movie. <laughs> and afterwards, I swear to God, I turned to Joel and I was like, what happened in that movie? <laughs> so I did watch it. But watching that trailer, I was sort of like, oh, this movie looks good. As if I didn't just watch it last night. <laughs> um, so I'm also excited to find out what happens in this movie. Because great, I great, feel great. as if it's brand new to me. I do. I, I do remember being left with some questions. Um, which some may be unfounded, I'm now realizing, but I will bring them up when we get there. Um, but thankfully, Joel is leading this recap for us because I simply would be lost without to him. do so. Lost without him in more ways than one. Uh, so, Joel, how about you take it away? Let's do it. And, um, Sammy, this one's for you. Ahoy, ahoy. Ahoy, ahoy. Ahoy. So we begin on screen, darkness, uh, ominous music. (laughs) Okay, this is going to be a long one, huh? (laughs) I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Let's go, let's go. Darkness (laughs) on screen. (laughs) (laughs) And we've got just like really ominous music. It's the bleakest time of the year, so you know what that means. We deserve to get cozy on the couch, rewatch our favorite TikTok videos, and drink a goddamn glass of wine. If you ever struggle to pick out the right bottle, you will love our next sponsor, Naked Wines. Did you know that when you buy wine today, most of the money goes to things like fancy packaging, big budget marketing campaigns, and tax? That is crazy. Naked Wines is a subscription service that seamlessly connects you to the finest independent winemakers on the planet. So you get a box of the market's best quality wines, however often you'd like, for a fraction of the price. And hold on to your butts, you guys, because the deal they have for you is insane. Just wait. So how do they do it? Naked Wines connects winemakers and wine drinkers directly, allowing for vineyard-to-door delivery at up to 60% off what you would normally pay in a store. By cutting out the traditional retail middleman costs and markups, winemakers can pass those savings on to you without skimping on quality. I can't stop talking about Naked Wines. 
I love that their quiz matches you with bottles that you love, and each shipment includes wines they recommend based on your previous ratings. I'm currently loving their organic options, especially the Chris Condos Cabernet from Mendocino County, and they've been around for 10 years, and they fund over 90 independent winemakers. So with no commitments or membership fees, you can enjoy Naked Wines hassle-free. And the best part, every bottle is a passion project from an independent winemaker, so you're literally making an independent winemaker's dream come true. So head to nakedwines.com slash too scary and enter voucher in the top right when you get to the website and put in too scary for both the code and password to get six bottles of wine for just $39.99 with shipping included. That's $100 off and less than $7 per bottle. So that's nakedwines.com slash too scary and use the code and password too scary and grab six bottles for just $39.99. One last time, that's nakedwines.com slash too scary, code and password too scary for $100 off your first six bottles. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. We all come home after a long day of work. And what's the first thing we do? We take off our bras because they are uncomfortable and constricting. And we're just ready to get out of them by the end of the day. Well, what if I told you that Skims has changed all that? Skims has done the impossible and created an underwire bra that I actually forget that I'm wearing. I didn't think anybody could do it. You guys obviously know how much I love Skims. I have tried many of their other products. I've never been disappointed, but I, yeah, just don't normally love an underwire bra. I prefer bralette, but I've loved everything else I've gotten so much that I thought, you know what? Why not try an underwire bra from Skims? Let's just see. And they did it. They did it, folks. They created my favorite underwire bra I've ever worn. I have the weightless scoop bra. It has this nice like mesh material that's supportive and comfortable, breathable, but still very sexy. And yeah, like I said, I I do genuinely forget that I'm wearing it. And that is very rare. I, you know... I'm a broken record over here. I love Skims. I love Skims. I'm sorry. That's just the the cold hard truth. I will shout it from the rooftops because I want everybody to know. I want everybody to share in my joy and my comfort. So shop Skims bras at skims.com, now available in 62 sizes, 30A to 46H, plus get free shipping on orders over $75. And if you haven't yet, be sure to let them know that we sent you after you place your order. Select podcast in the survey and select our show in the drop down menu that follows. Playing it like it sounds like it's going to be a movie about like demons or something, but it isn't. It's about something far worse. Billy Zane. Billy Zane. Years old. Um, Terrifying. So and we get a really nice title screen like the words dead calm come across in a nice horror movie way. I love how horror movies really take pride in uh, a good title screen. Um and uh, so this ominous music is playing and it kind of 
transitions away into the sounds of like the clanking sounds of a train arriving in a station. And uh, then like uh, the screen flickers as like the windows of this train go past and on board the train are a bunch of sailors um, all in their like little sailor uniforms with their hats. And they're all looking out, out the windows, really excited. They're coming home. Um, And uh, they, the train comes to a stop and we kind of like, pan past all these happy uh, sailors all looking outside trying to like see their families there to pick them up and we arrive on sam neil who's stepping off the train he's like um an officer a, a, a like a naval officer for the australian navy is that what they call it there probably probably um and he steps off the train. He's like scanning the crowd, looking for uh, his family or whoever's going to be picking him up, obviously expecting to be picked up. And people are saying like, you know, Merry Christmas, Merry Christmas. So they're home for the holidays. And <clears throat> he's looking around and he, and he can't find who's supposed to be there to pick him up. And he's like walking around, getting a little bit confused, like everybody else is pairing up, walking away with their families. Where's his people? Um and then time passes. He's kind of staying around. The train station starting to empty out. And these police officers um, start approaching him. They, like, notice him in the crowd, talk to each other, and walk towards him. And this happens at a distance. We don't hear what they say to him. They walk up to him and have a conversation. And then we cut to he's in the backseat of a police car. And Ooh. it's uh, emergency lights are flashing, like, red and blue, but no siren or anything. And he is looking absolutely hollowed out right like um Mm -hmm. shell-shocked it's raining really hard on the windows he's silent um he's taking his big big bright white hat off and um then he walks into the emergency room of a hospital Mm -hmm. and starts talking to a doctor and uh the doctor says says to him and the police told you about your child Yes. And he's like, yes, they did. And he's like, unfortunately, we're going to need a visual ID. Oh, um, God. Oh, and he's God. like, OK. And he said, uh, I just want to warn you. Uh, most of the injuries were to the face. <gasps> and what? Um, and he says, Sam Neill says his name is John. John says. And um, he he died on impact. Is, is that right? And the doctor's like, um, actually, just after. Uh, just after the ambulance arrived and John's like, well, how long was that? And the doctor's like, just, he was unconscious. He was unaware of any pain. And John's like, but how long was he alive after this? And he's like, uh, maybe 20 minutes. Oh and he my walks, God. he walks in. This so doctor, upsetting. This doctor dark. needs to shut the fuck up. I know, he he's terrible. Up. Just he like needs to shut the fuck up. Yeah, just lie to him, man. Just lie. Just lie. Just or lie. Don't even matter. bring it up. Like it doesn't matter. So, so John is like, you know, steals himself, and then he rounds a corner and he sees his wife, uh, Nicole Kidman. Her name is Ray in the movie. She's badly, badly injured. She's like on a breathing assistance. Um, they're like poking her feet to check her. Um, nervous system like if she can feel it and she's pretty much unconscious and they like open her eyes and shine up a pen light in and they're like john try to talk to her try to like get her to recognize you and so he's talking to her talking to her talking to her 
trying to get her to like return. And then we flash back to uh, Ray driving in the rain to go pick John up from the train station. Their son, who's three years old, is in the backseat. They're singing songs, having a nice time. And then their son um, is like has like a stuffed animal and he drops it and he wants to pick it up. So he unbuckles himself from the car seat, which is, which is crazy. Insane. And I, I, I had this same thought. There's like no way. Maybe maybe we hadn't made car seats in 89 that were like definitely locked. not. Definitely not. Now you a kid cannot unbuckle themselves. No, I don't think so. It's crazy. Silas really tries to. It's crazy that like the person who invented car seats for kids, the second thought they had was should have been. And how do I make sure they don't unbuckle it? Right. 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 Well, we used to let kids just fucking fly around in the back of a car with that. You know what I mean? Like, I personally have zero memories of ever being in a car seat. And I'm not sure how long my parents used one for. But now you're supposed to use a car seat till kids are like eight years old. Like, no. kids are in car seats for so long now. That seems crazy. They're going to get bullied for that. They're right? in, like, booster seats. Kids are in, like, yeah, booster seats. Yeah, they're like seats. little booster seats. I yeah. was in one for a really long time because it's a height It's a height requirement, typically. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure my mom was like, oh, it's too hard. You can sit up front when yeah. I was, like, three years old. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I was definitely not sitting up front. Hmm. Well... Things anyway, so this kid so unbuckles this kid himself, unbuckles and himself. the worst himself, yeah. possible thing happens. And Ray's like, hey, get back in your seat, like, buckle back up, and she gets distracted. Uh, oh, somebody somebody switches Christ. lanes the wrong way ahead of her. It's rainy, and she uh, tries to veer out of the way, hits a car, veers back into the uh, other lane, and gets into a head-on collision. And their son flies out the windshield. Like Jesus Christ. You see him just sail out of the windshield and the camera <laughs> kind of follows him through the air for it's, a it's, it's honestly it's so deeply tragic, but the shot is very funny. Because you're like, it's still goes, going. Like, Pew! like it's like <laughs> it's really insane. Yeah, he really goes flying. And he really um, goes flying. And then we cut to now we're we cut ahead in time and Nicole uh, Kidman Ray is screaming uh, awake from a nightmare presumably this nightmare um on a boat she's like in the bedroom of a yacht and she's screaming uh and John rushes in to comfort her and she's you know like crying about how visceral this nightmare was she can still smell his hair and he's trying to like get her through this this trauma and Mm -hmm. they kind of we kind of reveal that basically like he's like she's like i want to go home and he's like no we're not going to go home yet we're going to stay out here for a few weeks we're going to like find ourselves again and we're going to like find our strength again because they have to go home and like clear out their house you know what i mean and and they're not ready horrible horrible so he's a navy man he owns this yacht so they like are out uh, just on the ocean trying to heal. Um, and I will say that they have like a really good relationship. Um, mm. Their marriage is healthy. They are fully supporting each other. Um, and it, 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 there's good vibes between them, even though they're having this like really difficult situation that they find themselves in. They're like not blaming each other or anything like that. Okay. Um, so 
he's like talking to her about you know that it's going to take a long time but they're going to like he's they're going to be out here they have each other and they don't have to worry about going home to reality until they're ready yet basically um so they're down there and then they hear their dog barking their dog's name is ben he's a little scruffy little cute guy and so they uh sam uh, excuse me john goes up to see what the dog's barking at nothing he's just the horizon he's the the dog is just barking you know whatever and while john's up, that'd be weird for a dog to be surrounded by ocean yeah yeah yeah, yeah i you don't know? know yeah I, you'd probably just be like what the fuck <laughs> yeah where am i where am i supposed to go where am i supposed to what is this yeah i was wondering how they do i guess he probably has like a potty pad can you litter train a dog Oh, maybe. I don't know. I wonder. I mean, they have That's those little, like, point. grass pads that if you can use. That's basically litter training. People do those, like, little indoor patches. Why aren't grass. people always litter training their dogs? Because I think people don't want their animals peeing inside their house. Well, but sometimes they do. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what to tell you, Joel. I don't know. Maybe, maybe in the winter, you know, in New York winter. I, I'm sure people definitely are too lazy to... To take well, their dog out all the time. Sound off in the comments, folks. W- would you litter train your dog? So um, while John is uh, up on the deck, Ray walks out and um, takes a sedative pill. She's like on anti-anxiety sedative medication because mm-hmm. of the trauma. Mm-hmm. And after she takes the pill, she uh, goes up and takes a swim in the ocean, which looks really cool and really fun to be honest. I think it looks very scary. It would be scary. I'd be pretty scared, but also... I cannot imagine just going out into... I mean, they're in the middle of the ocean. Yeah. It is scary, because also, I would have images of, like, the boat going away and stuff like that. Or, yeah. like, it, there's just absolutely too much ocean underneath you. Yeah. It's everywhere. Like, it's, it's everywhere, and it's so deep. It's beneath you, next to you, Oof. beside you. No land in sight. No land no in way. sight. Um, but they're having a really nice time, and we learn that it's they've been out there for three weeks at this point. Um and uh, plan on staying for uh, a while longer. Um, then they notice on the horizon another boat, a schooner. Um, and Sam's like, or excuse me, John, I keep calling him Sam Neil. You can call him Sam Neil. Yeah, you can. Him call- Billy Zane. Yeah, okay. I'm, it's, I'm it's, fully fine with okay. that. So S- Sam Neil is like, <laughs> yes, yes. he's like, oh, look at that. There's a, a boat out there, and it looks like it's seen some weather. It's like damaged its masts are hanging askew. It like clearly is uh, worse for wear. And so he jumps down to his like radio to, to call over to this boat, even though Nicole's like, uh, you know, we're having a nice time. It's just us. I don't really want to bring other people around. And he's like, well, they might be in trouble. Like we need to uh, check on them. And so he goes down, jots it all down in his captain's log of his boat. He's like, it's April 2nd. It's the 32nd day that they've been at sea. And it's dead calm, the conditions. And he sees dead this, calm. sees a, a boat, doesn't know what its name is or whatever. So he radios to it. Nobody answers. Um, and while he's down there, Nicole calls down to him. She's like, hey, come up here, come up here. And he go- goes out and, and she points, t- uh, gives him binoculars and they see somebody is rowing a dinghy from that boat to their boat. Oh, um, I would hate that. I yeah. would hate hate that yeah and to make matters worse this person is rowing like very frantically and panicky and like jittery and like it's just a scary way to row a boat if there ever was one so he gets to them and it's billy zane he's sweaty he's panicked they like he like 
doesn't adhere to any of the like protocols of how you're supposed to approach a boat. He like doesn't slow down. He kind of like crashes into their boat. Um, He's shirtless and wearing like tightly fitting long board shorts. Yeah. He's got a <laughs> little um like wick, like the kind of swimsuit the kind of swimsuit that boys wore in middle school, but but also tight. <laughs> Wait, and also a cowboy hat. Yeah, and like a, a straw, cowboy hat. straw cowboy hat. <laughs> like the uh, the kind of cowboy hat that frat boys wear on spring break okay okay and he's very tan very tan very tan and he's very sweaty very very lithe he's like he's very lithe he's built like a very billy zane (laughs) absolutely built like a panther in this movie oh yeah which is i think that's it's he's hot as fuck in this movie it's it's absurd how good he looks he is hot and he is and his eyebrows are a much more normal shape than they are in titanic yeah so he's looking great. And, and now we've now just Sammy, just so you know, we're at a count of three vessels in this film so far. Oh, three. Whoa. three, three, three already. One sinking, one dinghy and one beautiful, beautiful yacht. <laughs> um, <laughs> and uh, so Billy Zane runs in and he immediate like they like get him up on board. They like pull him up and he immediately runs down into their below decks and like cowers in a corner, like shivering and quaking and scared. And uh, he says his name is Huey. They like go down to see what he's all about. His name's Huey. He's um, he was on a, this boat was headed for Fiji. He'd been at sea, he's been at sea for thirty two days, um, which interestingly enough is the exact same amount of days that they've been at sea. That's weird. Um, and he's like the boat. My boat is sinking. I I bought it like three weeks ago or three months ago or something, and. Uh, I was trying to sail it around the Pacific and get to Fiji. Um, and they're like, well, is there anybody else on the boat? And he's like, no. And Sam Neill's like, so you were going to sail around the Pacific on that boat? It's a big boat. It's like a two-master. And I don't know if that's how you measure boat size, but the sound is right. Sounds right to me. No, yeah, it sounds good. Um, and he's like, so you're going to sail around the Pacific by yourself on that boat? And, and he's like, no, I, I wasn't alone. There were six of us. Um, oh, so he just lied at first. Yeah, kind of. Um, okay. There were six of us, um, and they all died ten days ago, one by one, all on the same day. Um, and they're like, what do you mean? And he was like, I always thought canned salmon was for cats. Um, and so he didn't... So basically what happened, what he says happened is they ate this tinned salmon and all started to like hallucinate and get sick. And he... Th- and he, uh, Like food poisoning. And Sam Neill's like, oh, it sounds like botulism, like sickness, hallucinations, all that stuff is the symptom of botulism, which is like a food poison that affects your nervous system. Mm-hmm. Very nasty Ooh, stuff. Terrifying. So fucking crazy. Yeah. So gross. Botulism is an insane word. Oh, yeah. I really don't like it. I don't like it one little bit. And I believe it's somehow connected to Botox. Oh, that's like the stuff that they inject you with. Something. Oh, really? Well, I don't know. I'm probably wrong here. But Botox is something very poisonous. And it like, because f- it freezes your muscles, right? Or does yeah, it relax I your muscles? Maybe I'm thinking of f- something else. I don't know. Anthrax <laughs> or something. I don't know. But Botox and 
botulism. Yeah, they're going to figure out that like Botox oh, kills you yes. 30 years Botox, later. Botox is a drug made from a toxin produced by the bacterium Clostridium botulinum. It's the same toxin that causes a life-threatening type of food poisoning called botulism. Well, would you look at that? What will do for uh, beauty and youth? <laughs> yeah, it's like I'll really do worse. deadly. I'll do worse. Um. So anyway, uh, they're so they're like, okay, so these guys all like died of botulism. Oh my god, that's terrible. And he's been alone at sea for ten days with their you know dead bodies and. Oh, Jesus. Sam Neill's like, hey, we should like go back and see what we can salvage. And he's like, no way. I'm never going back there. Like, not ever. And, you know, it seems reasonable that he was like in a yeah. psychotic PTSD from experiencing this. Um, yeah. And yeah. 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 So he's like, I'm not I'm definitely not going there. Um, so Sam Neill's like, hey, Ray, uh, can you get him to like get him to bed, get him some water um, and then she does so and so he like goes through uh billy zane's bag that he brought on there's like the passports of all the dead people in it um and then he pulls out the captain's log of that boat and he's just like leafing through the pages to just see if he something doesn't smell right to him right mm -hmm. um and so in this captain's log he like flipping through pages and he sees this, a drawing of like a de a demonic creature eating the boat like rising up from the ocean like chowing down on this boat then he finds like entries about, you know, a storm and um, the loss of a motor. And I didn't notice this on my first viewing, but on the second viewing, it's very subtle where there's like little edits being made to the doc to the log. Okay. Where, like at one point, one of the characters who's dead now is referred to in the past tense. Like this guy wanted to do this and somebody scratched out the ED and put an S. To make it look like it, it, it's not in the it past. It was happening in real time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> anyway, it's like fun. That's a fun little detail, I thought. Um, but otherwise, it like pretty much adds up to what his story was. They like hit a storm. Their motor died. Then they all got botulism and, and died. Um, uh, but, uh, but Sam Neill still doesn't like it. So he decides while Billy Zane is sleeping, he's going to take the dinghy over to the boat and, and just see what is there. See what he can salvage. And also, like, confirm if his story adds up. Um, which I think is a debatably smart thing to do. We we talked about this. Like, he leaves his wife on a boat with this guy. They lock him in a bedroom. But I, I don't know. How, I think it's it's worth questioning this choice. But I also can see why he would do it. Yeah, because you don't really, it's either both of you go and leave him alone on your boat, which is not a good idea because he'll yeah. probably steal your boat, or you have just her go, and that's also not the best situation either. Yeah. And, or you, or you just trust don't him. Go. <laughs> or you yeah, don't you just go. like trust him and not go over there. Or you don't trust him, but you just don't go, you know? Yeah, Do they have, are they radioing? Sorry, did you already mention that? Are there, is there like radio communication between? They have radio communications, but they don't. They try to radio that boat. Yeah, and but it doesn't they don't work. radio like any the Coast Guard. Yeah. yeah. Which Wouldn't maybe that be there's... like the first thing you do is like radio the authorities? You would think. I think maybe you would do that. But yeah. maybe there's nobody out there. They're, they're, they're like 1,200 miles at sea. Like uh, maybe there's nobody 
close enough to be radioed to. I don't and, know. And yeah, and my thing too is like that scares they, me. The boats are like you can see this other boat from their boat, but they're not that close. And so my thought too is like, why don't you bring your boat closer, closer to that boat? But then Joel countered with like, well, if there's something bad happening on that boat, you don't want your boat close. So it's yeah, they're not in a great position. These are the no questions of what. the sea. Do you know what yeah. I mean? And this is what These happens when you're at sea. And this sea. is why you shouldn't be out at sea. And what, um, what we're finding, there's no right answers at sea. No. No. There's, there's no only, right answers There's only the sea. choices we make. Mm, you know what I mean? That's a really good point. That's a really good point. So. So John goes over there. Um, and he he gets to the boat. It's It's called the Orpheus. It's a mess. There's like sails and materials and ropes swinging willy-nilly. He almost gets his head knocked by like a, a rope that's swinging around. He goes down below. It's like watery and flooded and messy, stinky. Meanwhile, Huey wakes up and he is soaking wet. And I think one of the things that I really like about this movie and like a choice they made is he is always wet. He's always okay. like beaded with moisture as yeah. if he's like an element, like this elemental force from the sea itself. He's like just dripping all the time, and oh my god, leaves leaves like a trail of water behind <gasps> him almost. Like when he like pounds on doors later, like he like leaves water marks on. Ew, him. ew. So is he like suffering from botulism? We don't know. Well, we don't know. We might find out. Okay, but he doesn't seem right. He just seems very weird and like. Um, his performance, we'll get into it as we go, but his, I, I really like his performance a lot in it. Um, he has that that classic Billy Zane intensity. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. we don't know what's up with him, but his intensity is alarming. He's ratcheted up. Yeah. He's ratcheted up. He's ratcheted up. So, so meanwhile, Sam Neill's continuing to walk around this boat. It's, like, weirdly pervy. Like, a really horny boat designer made this boat where, like, the entire, like, Below decks is like statue, like wooden sculptures of mermaids with huge boobs, okay. and like everywhere, and like weird, weird demon faces everywhere, and it's, it's a just weird boat, like this weird unhinged like bro boat basically. And they, mm. all of these mermaids, their boobs have been like drawn on with like you know markers or lipstick or whatever. like red markers too. It's yeah. like it's creepy. It's unnerving and unsettling. Mm-hmm. Um. So Huey realizes kind of what's happening, and he like tries to get um Nicole Kidman to let him out, and she won't. And in fact, she turns the engine off of her boat on and goes heading for the other boat. Like she does start mm-hmm. driving it closer to that boat because she doesn't feel comfortable with him being awake and alone with her. Now, also mind you, there is a gun on this boat. She. We we saw it. We see it briefly. They have a shotgun, and she thinks about taking it out to to protect herself, whilst uh, her husband's gone, but chooses not to. So that's another factor is that they do have a gun. Okay. Um. So, but but Billy Zane's like starting to like kind of get panicked uh, at right. the idea that Sam Neill's over there, and so he starts trying to like get out, and he starts like their bedroom has like ceiling windows that are like on hinges and he starts like pushing like trap trap door style but it leads to the deck of the boat yeah he starts like pushing 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 it up um oh i don't like this one little bit gets Mm -hmm. more and more panicked as sam neil is now still we've cut back to him he's walking around he sees 
these shut doors. And again, he knows that this boat is sinking. Um, and there's water pouring out from behind one of these shut doors, but the water is red. And he's like, what's this? Uh, and he... Um, why do you think it is? Yeah, what what might it be? So he opens his door and gets hit with like a wall of water. There's like a ton ew, of water ew, in here. Ew, you're going to get botulism. Oh my God. <laughs> and I know. Is it contagious or do you have to get it from I think you have to consume thing? it. You must have to consume but if it's, it. You might probably get it in your mouth. If yeah. You're getting hit by a wall of water. I don't, know. I don't like any of this. Well, we'll no. see how much that botulism concerns you, Henley, when... Sam Neill opens his eyes underwater and sees a bunch of chopped up human remains. Oh no! Yeah, so it's not it's not botulism. So it's he, just murder. It's just murder. It's just chop, just chop murder. Chilism. He chopped them all up. He like beheaded them. There's like heads Ew. and torsos floating around. <gasps> That's the Event Horizon part. Yeah, yeah. And it gets a little even more so uh, later. Um, oh no! Oh no! I was really so, stuck in the botulism. Yeah, and so while this is happening, Huey is like, uh, Billy Zane is like forcing those windows up and he breaks them and gets out. And he's doing a really freaky thing that reminds me of another movie that I don't know what, where he's like, as he's, and he's poking his little head out, he's going like, Ray, Ray, like mm-hmm. calling her name and like trying to get, it's like really creepy. He's oh, like, it's, it's like ev- almost like, like Evil Dead when she's coming out yeah. of the basement. Kind of. <laughs> and he's like instantly very over familiar with her. Um, and with both oh. of them, really, and like petulant and whiny, and yeah, it's like it's like a it's a strange tone in his voice, and oh. um, so he gets out. Meanwhile, oh. uh, Nicole Kidman sees Sam Neill get back into the dinghy, and he's now rowing back in a panic, like as fast as he can, and he's screaming at her, like "Jump off the boat! Jump off the boat!" Oh and my God. Billy Zane then runs up to her and grabs her and she's like, what are you doing? And he's and he's basically like trying to steal the boat. They fight while Sam Neill is rowing. It's a really good sequence. Like he's trying to get to the boat as fast as he can. They're fighting for control. Billy Zane overpowers Nicole Kidman, uh, knocks her out uh, just as Sam Neill gets there. Sam Neill. Um, and, and, and so Billy Zane like throws the, st- the steering wheel to like veer away from Sam Neill. Sam dives to try to like grab the edge of the boat, but he comes up short, misses, falls into the water. And Billy Zane rockets off with the boat with his wife. And Sam Neill is stuck alone with nothing but the dinghy and the sinking boat as Billy Zane takes his boat. And, and holy leaves. shit. Okay, oh, So that's our no. first act. <gasps> Sam Neill. Yeah. What are so, you thinking? So now we've got our, our recipe here, right? We've got Sam Neill alone with a sinking ship. What's he going to do? We've got Nicole Kidman stuck on a boat with a psycho killer, um, axe murderer, Billy Zane. So um, he so, so Sam Neill goes back to the uh, Orpheus and tries to figure out what he's going to do. He, the engine is dead. There's no power. It's sinking. And so he just goes and starts like pump water out to try to like buy himself some time to think. And I got to say, the only thing I remember about Sam Neill's performance in this movie is that he's pumping water on this boat. (laughs) My question after the movie was like, why on earth was he over there just pumping water? But it makes more sense now (laughs) that I recall what has also happened. Yeah. So I just want to say that. Joel, (laughs) I I apologize for thinking that that's all this movie was. Was him pumping water? Was Sam Neill just... I was, he does pump a lot. He does. But I remember thinking like, 
this guy is so concerned about getting water out of this boat and he's got more important problems. But I understand why in this moment, that is the most important yes. problem for him. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> that is a big problem for him for the rest of it's the It's a huge problem yeah. for him. It's a huge problem yeah. for him. So I get it. Because he's, yeah, he's got to like figure out what to do before this fucking boat sinks. Yeah, and like, how's he gonna save his wife or whatever? You because know, because the dinghy, he's never gonna get to her on the dinghy. No way. Well, and, and again, no radio system. No radio. No. Right. Yeah. So you're fucked. You're yeah, fucked. it's all like shorted out basically because of the sinking. But you know, he's a really, uh, you know, accomplished naval officer, and so we're gonna mm-hmm. have to see what he can figure out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, Ray wakes up uh, on the on the boat. Uh, She's there. Her dog Ben is barking, um, and she looks over and Billy Zane is dancing to the Rolling Stones doing like in his little cowboy hat and his board shorts dancing like like music festival weirdo dancing you know what I mean like yes the kind of dance arms yeah, up arms and kind of like the kind of dance that takes like a diameter of five feet you know what I mean mm, insufferable yes. insufferable and absolutely like, insufferable I know exactly what you're talking yeah. about the worst kind of dancing it's just it's basically like stepping around in a kind of circle with your arms spread. Yeah, and like truly wriggling. Do you know what I mean? Mm. That a wriggling dance. <laughs> I hate it. Um, I hate it. Wriggling ding ding dong. Um, <laughs> oh my god. So he's one of those fun serial killers who's just having a good time. Your yes. least favorite kind. Yes. Oh, I hate him. He, and this is where he's like So this scene that plays out right now is so good. So he like notices her and uh, th- that she's awake and he's like still dancing. She like unplugs his music and he's mad. He's like, why would you unplug the music? And she's like, where's my husband? And, and he's like, "We he's gone. And she's like, why would you leave? And he's like, why would he get off the boat? Like, why did he leave you? And why? Like, what an idiot. Like, he's the one who got himself left behind. Um, and and he's like, you know, you never really can trust people, can you? I know I can't really trust people. I have a really hard time trusting people. And he, his performance is very much like Heath Ledger jokery, which yeah, like I was like, did Heath Ledger fucking draw some of his performance <laughs> from this? Because he was Australian, but it's like really very jokery. And like when he gets like angry, he's like, everybody loses their minds, like that kind of energy. And he like jams his pointer finger into her forehead like you got to learn how to trust people like and his voice hits that register uh but then he'll like rock like he'll like pivot right back into like rom-com performance where he plays this so beautifully <clears throat> he's like the most chody fucking guy you've ever seen so he does the chode dance and then he sits down next to nicole and is like you know i was watching you while you were sleeping aka she was knocked out because he punched her in the fucking head. Oh, I was watching Christ. you while you're sleeping, and your face fascinates me. Oh my god, Billy Zane! Oh my god, Billy Zane! I you know, think he's coming through you, Joel, right now. He's like, you know, I studied art for a time, and one of the things I really remembered about the great artists is when they would think of a face, or when they would see a face, they wouldn't see it from in front of it they would see it from behind it oh no i hate and they'd this. I hate see this. The, you know what holds it up i hate this 
the architecture behind it and you're you really have a beautiful bone structure and he's like i went to college with these dudes he, these these are like the dudes who would like bring an acoustic guitar to a party that's mm-hmm. his vibe mm-hmm. and it is mm-hmm. so annoying it's so and i say this as somebody who did one time try to uh, woo a girl by playing an acoustic guitar at a party granted i could only play two songs one was <laughs> A third eye blind, um, semi-charmed <laughs> life, and the other was a dashboard confessional song, and I wasn't very good at either of them, but I did try to You're like, Maybe tr- did work? try to win a heart that way. Maybe it'll one work? single heart. <laughs> you know what's really funny is this was a part. I, so I was in high school, and no, I was visiting from college anyway. But I tried this. I tried to play an acoustic guitar of dashboard confessional, um, and it didn't work. But then another guy picked up the same guitar and played other songs and it did work for him with that same girl. <laughs> oh no, that's fucking brutal. That sucks. Yeah. You brought the guitar for him to do the thing. Well, I didn't bring you. it wasn't my guitar. I just found it. Oh, uh, you just found it. I found it at the house and I tried and he was better at it than me. Um Yeah. You have more you power do? to him, you know. Um anyway. So eventually, so after this, like, really uncomfortable, like, flirty, like, as if, like, you know, imagine running into you here, of all places, energy. You know what I mean? Oh, um, I hate that. And he's, but he's also talking about, like, the architecture of behind her face, which is yeah. very serial Scary. killer. Very creepy. Yeah. Like, he wants to actually see it for himself. Get behind her face. Yeah. yeah. So Ray then confronts him. I'm so sorry I keep going back and forth on their names. Oh, but, it's um, fine. It's oh, fine. It, oh so we get it. There's only three characters. Yeah. Uh, so she confronts him. She's like, those other people, they didn't really die of food poisoning, did they? And he goes, you really want to do this now? <laughs> and um, and he starts to go crazy. And he's like, they, he was like, you have to, he, this is where he like starts to get unhinged again. And like positively boiling. And he's like, they tried to kill me. You have to understand. They tried to, um, suck the light out of me um if you can grasp that concept they try to suck the life the light out of me if you can grasp that concept like as if he's this like you know tortured artist almost um and and ray sort of learns like she can placate him by being like oh yes i do understand i i see what you're saying yes they did try to suck the light out of you yeah uh, totally understand and he calms down um Meanwhile, back at the Orpheus, John, uh, Sam Neill manages to get the power back on. He's like been in the wiring trying to like hot, hot wire the boat, basically, now that he's pumped some of the some of the water out. And as the power comes on, all of this like st- these like strobe lights and like rave music starts playing and a videotape starts playing like blasting uh, off of a TV. And this is like very um event horizon where it's like strobe lights crazy music and like the audio from these tapes and like scrawled on the tv monitor in blood it says fear is now and so like Ew. something crazy happened in this boat uh, we don't and know the what video it was that's playing is these topless women yeah like being talked to by some guy off camera and like it's the energy of it is really weird yeah and like these top almost feels like spring breaky footage but in a really sinister way you know and i I, when when um sam neil had looked through his captain's log he found like a, a newspaper ad like seeking it was like a free cruise across the ocean to fiji 
we're looking for four open-minded young women to like oh, come on this my cruise God. Oh, for free my God. if you like do photo shoots basically Oh, um, that's not good. So oh, that's, I don't like we're, that. We're looking at these young women. They're getting photographed. And Ugh. there's Billy Zane and there's another man who is older, who clearly like has a very low regard for Billy Zane's character and like keeps telling him, like, get out of the way, get out of the way. Um, and that's kind of his playing. But they're like giggling and having fun. But it's a really weird discordant thing to see. Um, so and and and. Um, John then managed to get the boat going um, and like gets the engine going because he's hot wired it. So we're seeing progress here. Great. Meanwhile, back on um, our boat, the Saracen, that's uh, the name of Sam Neill and uh, Nicole Kidman's boat. Uh, Billy Zane is listening to music again with Ben the dog and he's just explaining the music to Ben the dog. And he goes, this is uh, this is low production garage music <laughs> it's just like such douchebag mansplaining music to a dog oh this guy sucks um and ray turns she like sneaks away and turns the radar on and sees that um that um the other boat is drawing near so it's moving and she knows it um and so okay. she tries to use the radio to radio the other boat Sam Neill hears it on his boat. He tries to radio her back. She can't hear what he says. She can only hear the clicking of his mic on and off, but he can hear her. Okay, okay. So they basically devise a system of communication where like one click means yes, two clicks means no, um, coming from him. So she like gets the information like, is the boat sinking? No. Are, is the boat moving? Yes. Are you hurt? No. And so, and she's like, are you coming after us? And he's, yes. So she okay. knows he's on his way. Okay. Um, and he basically manages to to they basically manage to communicate to each other. She's like, "Do you need me to stop our boat?" And yes, she doesn't know how she's going to do it, but she realizes like, "Oh, she can go kill the engine and steal the key." So she goes and does that. She burns her arm while she does it. No biggie. Gets the key out, and then um, uh, she gets caught. Billy Zane finds what she's realizes she's done that finds her they struggle she gets away and she throws the key into the water um then fucking ben the stupid little dog goes and fetches it so he goes out swims to the key grabs a it. dog doesn't know what to do in the ocean no we can't blame this dog she threw an object a dog goes and gets it you yeah. know so now and Ben to be is fair, they probably would be grateful to have that key eventually if they were able to that's escape. True. Ben's thinking ahead. Yeah, he's just uh, thinking yeah, one step ahead. Point. That's a good point. He's he's thinking one step ahead. So he goes and Ben goes out there, grabs the key, starts swimming back, and now we have like a little funny, you know, bit where uh, Billy Zane's trying to get him to come to him, Nicole Kidman's trying to get him to come to her, and they're like, Come on, come on, come on, come on. And um uh they do this for a minute and then Billy Zane grabs Nicole Kidman by her hair and like kind of chokes her and like throws her aside and um, tells her how beautiful her bone structure is again. Oh, great. And then um, and then grabs Ben. And it's really funny, like as Ben like gets closer to the boat, Billy Zane is like talking to him and he goes, Ooh, backstroke to a dog <laughs> swim- swimming. I don't know why he says that. It, you know, dogs do the doggy paddle anyway. Obviously. <laughs> so... 
so now he got the key back and they he kind of goes back to her and they have a little conversation he goes can we be friends again and she's like yeah we're friends um now back on the orpheus sam neil is watching more of this tape um and he hears like the dialogue between billy zane and this other man who is like a famous war photographer who uh is like was big in vietnam or something and is kind of weird and intense and um they're kind of arguing and coming their relationship is kind of coming apart they're getting a little crazy um and so then sam neil decides to like swim underneath kind of like the basement of the boat i guess it's like under the floor that you'd walk on in the below decks um but like there's like space between the, that and the bottom of the hull and he swims down there and he finds the body of that photography he's been murdered as well and stuffed down uh, underneath there gross um, he's just swimming around with dead bodies yeah pretty much <clears throat> Ugh, and so gross to make matters worse a squall pops up and Ugh. so sam neil's headed straight into this storm in this like really damaged boat um and it starts to sink again because the storm like throws it around too much and he figures he has about six hours until he's underwater and he communicates that to nicole kidman so now she's like i've got a time limit of six hours to figure this out and get to my husband before he sinks in this in his boat i love it when people are smart enough to know even the six hour thing you know Mm. how would you even know that i mean he's a he's a naval expert so of course 25 years exactly he knows so now we've got a real ticking clock situation on top of her stakes which is like is she gonna get chopped to pieces by fucking billy zane Mm -hmm. um so she she says to to Sam Neil like I will get to you I will be there at sunset just like hang on I'll find a way and um then the radio cuts out because the boat sinks too much and the the power goes out again so she's cut off from Sam Neil they can't talk to each other anymore it was a short lived triumph um so then now Billy Zane is walking around wearing this beautiful red cape still just wet and oily and um he is oily oily is the right word yeah covered in baby oil being this like hybrid between heath ledger's joker and uh acoustic guitar party guys oh that's terrible terrible totally vile just repulsive (laughs) (laughs) um but um nicole kidman is like and he's like kind of feels bad that he was mean to her still and like approaches her and like hugs her and starts to like hold her hand and Nicole Kidman sees the writing on the wall like he's gonna try to sexually assault her and what is she going to do about it and she makes the calculation to use her sexuality to gain the upper hand right like give him what he wants so that she can buy herself opportunities um, which is a really difficult choice to, to make. Um, mm-hmm. And, but you see it happen. You see it wash over her face. It's a really good performance where like she steals herself. You see her do the calculus and you see her permit him to kiss her. Ugh. He does like, again, acoustic guy where they like, where you, he like puts his hand to her hand and like enmeshes their fingers like <gasps> oh, romantically. Yeah, I hate this. and they you, start to kiss. You know, those are some wet seal hands too. <laughs> Absolutely, Am- amphibian fingers. Amphibian, positively amphibian. <laughs> so they 
they start to like kiss and make out and stuff. It's tough. Um, and she, and they go to, they like lay down on the floor. She takes her shirt off. He like rips her shorts off. And I need to read you the IMDb trivia absolutely written by Billy Zane about this moment, which is for the scene where Huey rips off Ray's shorts. Billy Zane really did rip off Nicole Kidman's shorts through his own sheer strength without any alterations made to the shorts to make them easier to rip. <laughs> Billy Zane just at home, like unemployed. <laughs> Actually, I ripped those shorts and they didn't even make it easier for me to rip. I just ripped them right. I my own sheer strength. Use my sheer strength. <laughs> They didn't make it easy for me. I could, I could rip him. I could rip the shorts. Um, so she's naked, um, and he's naked, and she goes, "Actually, I need to, I need to use the bathroom." And he's like, "Really, right now?" And she's like, "Yeah, I mean, I kind of gotta," and tries to do it cute. And so he's like, "Okay," because he's getting what he wants, and he's placated, and he does this thing where like he wants to like play house with her. It's like yeah. really creepy. Yeah, and as the movie goes on, he like leans more and more into this, like Ugh. that they're that they've been a couple forever, kind of. And so she goes uh, up to the. She tells him she's going to go to the bathroom, but she sneaks out and she goes upstairs to the deck of the boat and grabs that shotgun. Great. Um, and Great. you know, puts it together. Um, tries to, but then he kind of gets impatient and goes looking for her, and she notices that he's coming. And she needs a way to explain why she's on the deck. So she grabs a carton of cigarettes and brings it down. She's like, for for after. Because uh, he was like going to see her with the gun. She's like, I just grabbed these cigarettes for after afterwards. And he's like, I you read my mind. And he kisses her. And they she has to leave the gun behind. And they go and they have sex. Um, oh, and Jesus. you see it. And she endures it as best she can. Oh, and awful. it's awful. And, um, she, you know, I, not much else to say. She she she's doing what she has what to she to has survive. To yeah. 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 She doesn't have much of another choice. And I think it's a really important thing to note that she's being sexually assaulted, but she is also kind of in control, in control of this. Like, it's like a choice she's making to gain the upper hand. And there's a really, it's a really nuanced moment for her. And it's, I think very interesting and performed and directed very well. Okay. Um, So, um, and it's like a really interesting way to use one's sexuality in one's body to Mm -hmm. like, but a really desperately sad thing too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But she clearly sees how she how easily manipulatable, manipulatable, manip- manipulatable. Anyway. manipulatable, manipulatable. She sees, she sees that she can, she manipulate can truly him. gain, yeah, advantage yeah. through doing. He like is an idiot in this way. Yeah, um, he's a boy. Like he so, just yeah. immediately she is does. like, oh, she's having sex with me, so she must love. She me. wants me. Oh, yes. she wants me. I got everything I could ever need. Yeah, yeah and it, like it's, he buys it, it. It puts a balm on him. Okay. Okay. Um. So meanwhile, uh, Sam Neil is in this storm. One of the masts is struck by lightning, and it falls down, and it basically locks him below deck, like it oh, blocks right. the doorway out. So now he's trapped inside the boat as it is sinking. Um, which is another reason why he has to go back and keep pumping. <laughs> More pumping. He's, pu- he, he's pumping so much. So this is where now we're getting into really weird stuff from uh 
Billy Zane, where they so they've had sex. She's get she gets herself dressed and he starts to put on Sam Neill's clothes. Um, he puts on Sam's pants and uh, or shorts, I guess, and a shirt. He's like, how do I look? She's like, uh, you look great. And he's like, how do I smell? And she's like, uh, you smell great. Um, and then he puts on the Awimaway song. You know, the oh. In the Jungle. What's that song called? In the Jungle? In the, in the Jungle, probably. A, lo- a Lion Sleeps a-wee-mo-way. Tonight? Yeah. A lion- I thought that was uh, from The Lion King. <laughs> Crazy that that song could probably have five different titles and you'd know what song it is with each one. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. In the it's probably, probably in the jungle, the... I think. But he he starts playing it like blasting it, singing along with it, and then he Nicole Kidman is like making lemonade and so she has these lemons and she's like slicing them with a knife and she thinks about It's this called knife. The Lion Sleeps Tonight. Anyway. It okay. is. Oh, okay. good, good. Emily knew. Um he like grabs the knife and like starts to like help her uh cut the lemons and he's like just us. I can't believe it's just us out here. Uh, just the two of us finally alone. And he, it like really is like, he's like playing house, like this domestic shit. And it's really creepy. And she, she has to like put the knife down. Uh, and like, she realized she can't really use that as a weapon, but she realizes she has this sedative pills. Oh, And yes. so she takes the jar and she, uh, breaks the capsules open and like pours all the sedative into the lemonade and um while he's away and then he comes back in and she's like takes little small sips of this and it like is flirty with him and it's like oh do you want some of this and he's like no and she's like come on don't you want some of this lemonade oh like, my god yeah okay and it's like you know again as if they're like old familiar spouses and so he drinks he starts I mean drinking Joel and it. I do this all the time <laughs> yeah of course, everyone's flirting. I with make their a drink. I start sipping in. I go, Don't you, you want, want some of this? And I go, ah, yeah. yeah, I want it. And so she gives him, she gives him this this glass of lemonade. He starts to drink it, and he does this funny fucking thing where he drinks it, and he goes, he like goes like click click click, like click 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 click, like like micro size. Here, it's Weird. really funny. <laughs> um, and I have it in my notes. Drinks, drinks it. Does little drink breath. <laughs> <laughs> little drink breath. Little drink breath. Little drink breath. So he's drinking this, uh, and Ray goes back up and and grabs the goes back and grabs the gun and starts to load it with uh, shotgun rounds, shells. Mm-hmm. And um, Billy Zane starts getting a little bit woozy, um, but then he sees her with the gun, and he attacks her. And they start fighting with each other for this gun, wrestling each other. He he like it's a really well directed sequence where he like is flinging her around the cabin, uh, like over the shelves, like banging her against cabinets, very much overpowering her. She just won't let go of this gun. But eventually, um, he like flings her away, and she's like very vulnerable. So she's in a robe and her underwear. So it, she just like feels so vulnerable in this scene, and he gets the gun. And he points it at her. It's a big fucking granddaddy shotgun. Uh, and but he's like too drugged now. He's like he has like quadruple vision. He can't line up a shot, and he starts like laughing to himself psychotically, um, and uh, screaming at her about how she's just like them, and how he she scares him, and he's afraid that she she's gonna like kill him or something, and. 
he then they run into a squall and the boat starts to like be thrown around as they fight again and they're like flung everywhere they're flying all over the place he tries to shoot the gun and misses her once then he tries he's like trying to blink away the drugs and he shoots again and misses her again and so the gun is empty so she's you know rushes him again um and she like manages to escape into another room uh and grabs a harpoon gun which i was like why didn't you just get this before but yeah what now she has a harpoon gun and he's banging on the door and she shoots a harpoon through the door and like um the, the slamming stops uh, and so she, now she like loads in another harpoon. She's standing there like fuck, 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 and she sees the doorknob start to turn. <gasps> oh no! Oh, and I should point out earlier in the movie we saw Ben the dog in a close-up shot of his little funny little paw open a open a door on the boat. So now this I'm giving it away very obviously, but the doorknob starts to turning. She panics, she shoots a harpoon gun, and she hears, Orf! Okay, okay. And then a little okay. rivulet of blood goes okay. down the door. But you don't see it yet. So she's not sure what just happened. Um, but we most definitely are. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So she, like, opens the door, looks around, can't find Billy Zane. She's not sure where he went. And then all of a sudden he, like, leaps out from a curtain, behind a curtain, and grabs her and starts to strangle her, like, choking her. As again, but he's like still like woozy from the drugs and he passes out uh, in the middle of choking her. She gets away. He's unconscious. Um, meanwhile, on the Orpheus, Sam Neill is still pumping that bilge, trying to get it out. Um, and the water is like up to his pumping chest. Pumping that bilge. Pumping the bilge. <laughs> now that is a sentence I have never heard. Also, pump. pump. Pump the bilge. Also, squall. <laughs> you never hear squall except in terms of like boating or vessels. You never. Do, I. Like, we just had that hurricane, which was in LA, really just a rainy day. Um, but the weather forecast did say squalls. Really? Yeah, we had squall and I remember being warnings. like, "Wow, we're going to get squalls." <laughs> so I really think, feel like we did. I think it just mainly rained. I think squall is one of the best words. It's a good word. I think it's a really good word. It has a cue in it, which you love to see it. Mm -hmm. And it sounds like what it is, and it makes what it is sound scarier. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? Squall. Squall. It's really good. It's a freaky word. It's really good. To get get that much accomplished in one very short syllable. Well done. Yeah. I think what's interesting, it means a completely different thing from squab, and what a difference (laughs) an L can make. (laughs) What? <laughs> squab is basically the same word as squall, but a squab is uh, not intimidating at all. <laughs> that is same a with really squeeze. good point. Same, really good point. Squeeze is really different from squab and squall, Joel. Yeah, it is. Yeah, You're, but I mean, it's not, you you see the point I make. Squat, 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 squat. Really different as well. Wow, S, you put an S, Q, and a U at the front of a word, and you don't know where you're going to end up. <laughs> you can go any direction. You put an S Q U A, and you could still end up in completely different places. Yeah, squander, squalid, squalid, squalid is a good one. Also, a really good one. At squabble, what it does. square, squabble, squabble, squash, 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 squeak, squawk. I'm talking A's here, Joel. Stop throwing in E's. <laughs> well, anyway, anyway, so squall. 
Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, anyway, okay, so now we cut a little bit ahead and uh, Nicole Kidman has hogtied Billy Zane. He is yes. tied up in the and locked in the bedroom again. Um, and she gets the sales going. She's kind of like realizing her strength at this point. And she gets the sails going on the boat and starts heading towards uh, the direction that she believes and the bearing that she believes will get her to Sam Neill. And she's running this sailboat all by herself, doing it for real, as we learned in the trivia, cranking all these things and steering it and uh, standing on the like front pointy part, um, the, the, the stern, bow. The, the bow. And, you know, with her binoculars, like, going up and down, looking, like, badass and cool. She's wearing this white uh, jacket that Emily's showing you. Okay. And she's, like, she's like feeling confident and, and scared, of course, but, like, in control. she's found her power in her she's way, taking right? charge, yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, the boat with that Sam Neill's on is really filling with water. He's, like, you know, it's up to his chin, basically. He's, like, breathing, 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 and... It goes over his head and he finds a little pipe that he has to start breathing through that's like goes up above the boat to like get this air. This pipe looks nasty. It's Ooh, nasty, gross. but there's cockroaches in it. It's gross. Oh, and a little fish swims past him. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> it's really funny. Um, And then we're back uh, on the Saracen and Billy Zane is like starting to like try to kick the door down to get out. Um, he's bre- he breaks his uh ties. He like slides his hand over some broken blade glass. or something and he's like cutting his hand like his hands are all bloody but he's trying to get the right it's nasty. She mm. should have just killed him. But yeah. she didn't Absolutely. want to. Um and Which he, I suppose is reasonable. Yeah. Um so as Billy Zane is escaping his uh bindings, um Sam Neil also realizes like he has to try to find a way out from this boat. And he remembers that like part under the floor mm-hmm. had like a thin, a thinner wood. And so he swims down there, kicks it open and gets out of the boat. Um, so he's safely away from the, the locked cabin now, um, but still in trouble. Um, he then uses, now it's like kind of night. We had like a really cool montage of, Nicole Kidman sailing at sunset. It's like very beautiful. Now it's dark. And so Sam Neill finds a can of gasoline and he dumps it into the water and then throws a, a, like um, a flame lamp. What do you call it? A candle lamp? Anyway. Kerosene A lamp lamp? that has fire in it. Oil lamp. Yeah. 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 Uh, He throws that onto the like patch of gasoline and it lights on fire to be like a, a beacon. And she sees it in the distance and starts heading that way. Um, and, but at that moment, Billy Zane has like freed himself and he's like tr- using an oxygen tank to try like battering ram the doors open and like get, get out and get to her. Um, she then, he like manages to do it. He breaks the door open and she, but she's waiting for him outside the door with her harpoon gun again. And um, she's like, don't make me do it. And he, uh, you know, pleads with her and um, gets aggressive with her. And she shoots him with a harpoon in the shoulder. He, like, staggers back, uh, like, harpoons to the wood of the door. But he just, like, walks forward. And the harpoon, like, goes goes through him, you know? Ooh, and yeah. she loads up another harpoon and, st- like, points it at him. And, like, has it, like, he, like, walks up. So it's, like, poking his neck. And he's, like, you're not going to do it. And he starts, like, laughing at her and smiling. 
like this psycho shit. And she just beats him up. <laughs> she like hits him in the face, hits him in the nuts, whacks him in the head and knocks him unconscious again. Okay. And, okay. Um, yeah. Like and then that. she goes and takes their life raft that's on there. It's like an inflatable life raft. She fills it up, throws it over and then kicks him onto it and like sets it loose. So he's just like marooned by himself, um, detached from their boat. And she goes, finds Sam Neill, manages to pull him up onto the boat. And it really goes, they do a really good job of making it clear just how hard it is to like grab somebody onto a moving boat. Oh, that and, seems impossible to me. Yeah, and like the stakes of it, if you miss, you're left behind and they're like, they're gone. Really fucking hard. Yeah. But they, she gets him up and Damn. gets him on board and they hug each other and are so happy. She's like, I found you. I found you. He's so proud of her. They love each other so much. Um, they hug and embrace and are happy. And we cut to the next morning. They both are nice and cleaned up, wearing (laughs) nice new clothes. And they go back to find the life raft. Now they're together to to see what they're going to do about this fucking guy. And when they get there, he's gone. Oh, my God. There's nobody on the life raft. So they are like, what the fuck? Where did he go? And so they shoot some flares into the um, life raft to sink it. Just just to like dot their I's and cross their T's, basically. So they're like, where the fuck is this dude? And as they're like looking around, the camera kind of pans around behind the boat to the back, and you see bloody handprints and a rope. <gasps> Billy Zane is back on the boat. Oh my god, of course, of course, of course. Um, and so but they don't know it, and they're trying to relax again and like planning on what they're gonna do when they get home and She's swimming again and um, she gets done swimming and gets in the boat and Sam Neill starts to wash her hair and with like fresh water. And she's like, fresh water, what a luxury. And he's like, you know, it's I think we should probably start heading back and like, what are you <laughs> looking forward to? And he's like shampooing her hair and they're talking about like what they want to eat when they get home and, you know, have some champagne and have some fresh asparagus and pasta and basil and all that stuff. And um the tea kettle goes off and Sam Neill goes down to, you know, get the tea ready. And she's sitting there kind of just like basking in the sun with her hair, shampoo still in her hair, talking to herself. Um, and then she feels hands washing her hair again, but they are covered in blood. Oh, my God. And they like squeeze her hair and massage the shampoo in and as blood gets mixed in there and she's talking about all this basil she wants to eat. No. And (laughs) and then uh, she like touches the wrists and instantly realizes they're not Sam Neill's. Yeah. No, no, no. She like screams. It's Billy Zane. Oh, my God. Wraps a towel around her neck, starts to strangle her. And um. Sam Neill, meanwhile, is downstairs, like, putting together a beautiful, like, picnic platter for them to eat for lunch because he's, like, so happy to be with his wife again. And he comes up and he sees in silhouette Billy Zane strangling her and he drops the food tray and he's like, fuck, fuck, fuck. What do I do? What do I do? He, like, looks around everywhere and he sees that they have uh, their box of flares is still open. So he pulls it out, pulls one out, lights it and launches it through the sail and it hits Billy Zane in the mouth and it just like turns his whole head into a lantern. Fires like blowing out of his eye holes and his ears. (laughs) He's like bright red and orange 
and he just like falls off the falls off the boat. The water around him is like boiling from the flare and he's very dead. And it's a great, <gasps> great death. That's and then Jack O' Lantern style. Yeah, Jack O' Lantern style. He gets turned into a Jack Lantern. <laughs> he, go, he, he gets killed Jack Lantern style. And and then they embrace each other and watch his body float away, and that's the end of the movie. Dead calm. Oh it's my fucking so God. insane. We're having this like it's such an abrupt, like uh fuck, he's back. Flare. He looks crazy. In the water. The end of the movie. Like there's no there is no come down from that moment. It is so insane. And I apparently that was a, like a reshoot ending because it was maybe left more ambiguous in the original and audiences, they were worried audiences weren't going to like it. So they're like, ah, sure, let's shoot a flare at him. <laughs> Great. Great. I like that. that way, it really feels like a huge choice. It's really, this movie is really fun because it's like very simple and like tight and small in scale and subtle in a lot of ways. But then there's like, these <clears throat> these three moments there's like the kid going through the windshield mm-hmm. there is at the end when sam neil lights that fire he like lights the boat on fire and it like i forgot to say it basically explodes <laughs> um which is why she sees the flame and then there is him getting shot in the mouth and turned into a jack-o'-lantern by a flare that are like these like huge spikes of absurd like uh, hyper dramatic moments but they work really well within the context of the movie. You, you're like wanting these like pops to happen. When they're Apparently. relaxing and having their little picnic and he's massaging her hair, you know that Billy Zane's going to come back, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You're, like you're feeling uh, so it. The movie originally ended with her rescuing John and pulling him onto the boat and them embracing there. That was going to be the end of the movie. And then they're like, uh, but let's show what really happens to Billy Zane. Yeah. Studio execs were worried that... Uh, that audiences wouldn't be satisfied with Huey's ambiguous fate. They needed to see him kill Jack Lantern style. I got to say, I agree with that choice. It's a great <laughs> way. Although it'd be fun if he was like, went out and like vanished and like, you're like, yeah, what, you never what was know. this fucking guy? Like, I, I like, I think that they, they could have done more to make him feel like this kind of like force that exists yeah. at sea rather than just like a psycho guy um but and is anyway. there to like you know force them to reckon with their own fears mm-hmm. and whatever who like hops from boat to boat to terrorize people but they don't or really do that they don't do that they jack lantern him instead finds people who need to regain their strength yeah, mm, he's a force for good and so he's really he's yeah he's like the saw character really he's trying to he wants them to succeed. He wants them he to He'll succeed. kill them if they don't, but it's not what he wants, obviously. Yeah, yeah. it's all for the good of the person. Of course. He's a good guy. I'm yeah. not doing this. You're doing this. Mm-hmm. He's a good, mm-hmm. like, wet man. He's a good, wet, crazy man. Um, yeah. That's dead calm, and that Whoa, Joel, amazing. makes me realize I did not watch this movie. Yeah, two martinis will do that to you. They really will. You just know, you just don't think. I mean, I had a great time with both having the martinis and then watching the movie after, but I surely didn't see the movie. <laughs> I loved it, and it's a good movie. I was riveted, and I like a thriller. I feel like we should just do thrillers more often. Yeah, I love a good thriller. A thriller is good. We do have to mostly do 
horror movies. But every now and again, we can do a thriller. Just cut me some slack and we can do a thriller every now this and again. This is the right way to do also, it. Also, this one had great weapon. A harpoon gun. Great use of a harpoon really gun. Really good. Yeah. Really good really use of good. a harpoon gun. Harpoon gun, flare gun, shotgun. Mm-hmm. Great. Um, Loved it. Yeah. And three ve- three vessels. Three, three goddamn vessels. vessels. Sammy, I hope you're happy. Sammy. <laughs> Sammy, I hope you're happy. <laughs> Canada, Sammy. <laughs> oh, four maybe if you count that lifeboat that they Yeah, good point. Oh, good that's a four. So, for sure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sammy, I hope you're happy. What do you think, Sammy? <laughs> <laughs> Should we do Billy Zane's voice as the goodbye? God, we got to do Billy Zane's voice. Or we could Or uh, Nicole Kidman's Australian accent. But I I hate to put this on to you, Joel, but I feel like you do you do such a good Billy Zane. Wow, yes. thank you very much for saying Will that. Will you do out as Billy Zane? Sure, sure. Let me just find it really Yeah, quick. find it. <clears throat> Try to find it. You know, <laughs> I studied art for a time. And <laughs> uh, a lot of the famous artists like to look at a face from the inside to see what holds it together. And... From all of us here at Too Scary, didn't watch. <laughs> good night. Ah, <laughs> I needed it. I, I needed hate it. that you said good night. Goodbye. <laughs> goodbye. Good night. Uh, Makes me feel like I'm about to die for yeah, sure. Yeah. Good night. I guess. Bye. Bye. Thank you, my friends, for listening to another episode of Too Scary Didn't Watch. If you had fun hanging with us, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. We're also on Twitter and Instagram at TSDW Podcast. And if you're interested in things like bonus episodes, video, trailer reactions, and other cool content, head on over to patreon.com slash TSDW Podcast. All right. We love you all forever and ever, starting a while ago and continuing into eternity. Adios. That was a HeadGum Podcast.